Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. Yes, God asked Noah to do it, but God helped Noah to do it by the Holy Spirit. It's very critical. You, you, you know that. The same thing God is doing now. I, I don't know people in America. I don't know anybody. You know, the Holy Ghost, through intercession and prayer, corporate prayer, is drawing people. Is bringing them inside the ark. Now, give me the first illustration of the corporate ark. Not the people in the ark. Not the ark in the tabernacle. Yes. This one. Thank you. Now, this is a uh, schematic illustration of the ark. On the left here, you have a wooden ark, which is very similar to what Noah must have built. It must have been something like this. Uh, you, You haven't shown us the dimensions here. You will find that the length of the ark was 300 cubits. I'm talking about the physical ark. I'm going to come to the spiritual in a minute. It was 300 you know, then the width of the ark, where, where are the dimensions? The, the, no, 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 not this one. This is t- premature. We're going to do this later. Where are the dimensions? I'm coming back to this later in the tabernacle. Yes, this is what I want. Exactly. So the, you find that the length of the ark is 300 cubits. The width of the ark was 50 cubits. And the height of the ark was 30 cubits. So there's a very realistic um, artist's impression of what the ark must have looked like. It must have been something like this, you know, uh, with these dimensions. These dimensions have spiritual meanings. That's why the Bible is an inspired book. And that's why it's very dangerous. Some of our modern translations... They will convert these things to modern meters. Then they lose the complete meaning. The 300 cubits was the cubits of, the, of, of Moses' time. You've got to reserve the 300, the 50 to get. If you change it to something else, you won't get it. And it's one of the reasons why I'm very grateful to God for the King James Bible. They said, you know, they, they translated according to the, something of the original tongues. They didn't change it. Now, of course, if you remember, you can put in brackets that 300 cubits is um, 500 feet. You know, just to give us an idea in our modern something. But don't change what the Bible said. So you've got the 300 cubits, 30 cubits. Now, let's give you 300. Let's start with 30. 30 represents maturity. Jesus was 30 years old. It represents the perfection of the commandment. That is, the, the people who had full maturity, like Noah and his wife, you know, who had, where they were perfecting the love of God. That is what the 30 represents. The 50 represents the Pentecostal anointing, baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's the only way, you know, it could be done. You have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then the 300 represents the maturity of the commandment because 30 is maturity, 10 is commandment, which means doing it, you know, um, um, the, 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 let me explain that, you know. Maturity of the commandment. See, this has come to us now. We didn't have it 
20, 30 years ago. When I started preaching some of these things in the, in the mid-80s, after God taught me, God taught me life scriptures in 1983. So I started practicing, then we started scripture pasture. You know, my first books were Walking the Spirit, Keys of the Kingdom, and things like that. I began to understand, and I, it's in all my books, it's in Practical Guide to Prayer and all that, that the commandment of love can only be done properly by first of all the preceding commandment of life. That's why it says, this is command that we should believe on the name of his son and love one another commandment. You know, and then maturity, in other words, understanding love. What is love? It is discerning by the wisdom that comes from God's word. Feeling by the compassion that comes from the fruit of the spirit. And doing by the power that comes from the life of God. What God would do in every situation. Because God is love. That revelation, that mature revelation of the love of God is what is uh, uh, symbolized by the 300 cubits. That's why I said the, 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 the ark is ready. Now, like I said, it's not just us. As one of the biggest mistakes, like, like uh, Elisha, he said, I have, he said, he said, they have 7,000. They haven't bought I need to build. You know, God's too big for scripture pasture. God is too big for the Catholic church. He's too big for the Anglican church. He's too big for redeemed. He's too big for winners. He's too big for assemblies of God. Nobody can box God. It's just a privilege that he gives you to be able to give you an understanding of what he's doing. Now, let's go back. Having understood this, let's go back to the, uh, the second illustration showing Noah and his wives and sons and all of that. Good. Now, let me show you again you know what I preached during the Bible study? Education, education, education. Because of my background in physics, engineering, and all of that, immediately I can see patterns. And the Holy Spirit will say, tell me this, this is what this means. You see this curve here? <laughs> in statistics, it's called a normal distribution. I'm not going to go there. So you don't, you don't, don't, don't. All you just need to know is that you've got the, the, the length of the ark is 300. So you have 300 saints who are forming the ark spiritually through their daily prayers and intercessions. But they are not all at the same level of spiritual development. So in, you have a hundred of them who are symbolized by Noah and his wife. You have another hundred which are symbolized by Noah's sons and their wives. And then you have some of them that are living things, that is, they're born again, they have the life of God. Now, I want everybody to say this after me. The saints that form the ark is different from the saints that are in the ark. There are only 300 that form the ark. But there are billions inside the ark. It's a big difference. So I'm talking now about the saints that form the ark. Now, Noah and his wife, you know, or 
you know, they're not the same level, you know. The, this is not male or female as spiritual, you know. So, so you have those who have grown to maturity that are perfect love God. There are some who are not there yet, but they are almost there, you know, and forming the first hundred. Then you have Noah's sons and their wives that formed the second uh, hundred on either side. For in Noah's distribution, you find that, you know, middle there is hundred. So here you have 50-50. Then on this other side here, you have another 50-50, making the total of uh, 300. And then the Lord told me what it means. I'm going to give it to you. It says, the characteristics of those that form the ark are one, a daily decision to practice the love of God according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 8. Number two, they read their Bibles every day and meditate. This has become their habit. They've been practicing it for years. So they are solid. Number three, number four, number three, they pray from the Pauline prayers daily. And I'm going to show you how God showed, you know, told, you know, how he explained this to me. They pray from the Pauline prayers daily, especially Ephesians 1. They get the others later. But Ephesians 1 is the key. If you start with Ephesians 1, the others will be revealed to you. Colossians 1, you know, Philippians 1, uh, 2 Thessalonians 3, you know, 2 Thessalonians 1, and Ephesians chapter 3, which we, we started teaching you recently. When I say recently now, that's in the last two years during the pandemic. Number four, they pray in the spirit at least one hour every day for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, the Lord now said to me, he said, you didn't understand it at the time. He said, but when you got born again, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And you listened to Kenneth Hagin and you started obeying his instructions, the instructions I gave to him and you accepted it as from me. He said the most important one you made was to practice 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 to 8 every day. And God is my witness to the glory of God. That's what I have done and still do till today. And I have taught you, you know, those of you who have been following me, if you're a scripture pastor or even outside scripture pastor, who will be following me. And one of the key points of that love is humility. It is not arrogant or inflated with pride. It is in later years that God now fleshed out humility, you know, submit to the will of God when you don't feel like it, you know, um, you're more meek and lowly in heart, all those ones we added. It. But it, if you do 1 Corinthians 13 and you honestly accept it, say it with your mouth, practice it in your conduct every day, you will qualify to be one of the people who formed the ark. And what God has done is taken the best 300. Frankly, I don't know them. I don't know all of them. I can probably guess some people here in our church. And then there are others who are not in our church that I don't know. And probably I won't know them until when we get to heaven. But they're there. They're solid. You see, when Gideon was going to choose his army, there were a lot. I said, God said, there are too many. Yeah, too many. 
So they now reduced it. They were thought something. They brought down 10,000. Then they brought it down. Then they, he said, okay, you know, I'm going to give them a test. He said, the people who put their weapon, if they put their, their, their guns, their weapons, or their sword back in those days down, and then they used their two hands to lap, he said they are disqualified. He said, it's the people who put one hand on their weapon and then use the other hand to lap. He said, those are the ones who qualify. These are the people who never um, lay down their spiritual weapons, the blood, the word, and the spirit, for any type of physical gratification. It's fixed. It's already been done. Oh, but God knows them. And they're not all in scripture pasture, like I explained. And, and then the Lord told me, he said, he said, he said you see, you, you, you began to do that. He said, look at all the qualifications. He, talking about me, you know, but not me alone. You know, there are others too that I don't even know. You know, you said you made it a point to read your Bible every day, which I did. He said, then you prayed the Pauline prayer. I just heard that from Kenneth Hagin. I'd never heard anybody teach it. Only Kenneth Hagin. Then, of course, Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Hagin's disciples, you know, say, pray the Pauline prayer every day. I didn't know. And you know, when I did it, the first six months, it was just like a drudgery. Then after six months, revelation opened. And since then till now, I prayed those prayers. Not only Ephesians, I prayed Colossians. I put all of them together in some of the prayers. You find these things in our, on the under prayers in our SPC mobile app. It's all there. You know, the, the Pauline prayers. And then it is with all that foundation, love, Bible reading, Pauline prayer, then praying in tongues. Now, of course, we mix them, you know. You know, I didn't necessarily do them in that order. But I was actually doing all these four things. And you know, four is God's number for balance. I was actually doing these four things as a daily habit. I can honestly say over 98, 99% of the time. I, a few times when maybe I'm sick or I travel or something happens, I don't pray. But if you take 365 days, you'll find that probably I do it 360 days. Now, I yet not I, but the grace of God which is with me. And over the years, by the grace and the mercy of God, I have endeavored to teach it to all the people who God has privileged to draw to me. Either from scripture pasture, or even if you left scripture pasture and just hear me on the radio or television or whatever. If you followed me, if you're following me as I followed Christ, then the Lord said something to me. I was actually sharing this with somebody yesterday. And I said, these are not Kenneth Hagin's instructions. They're apostolic. They came from Paul. And these are not Paul's instructions. They came from Jesus. This is what Jesus had at the back of his mind. When he was telling the disciples, he said, I have many things to tell you. He said, but you can't bear them now. He said, but when the Holy Spirit comes, he is going to tell you. The Holy Spirit through Paul now brought these instructions to the church. They're not just good ideas. They're apostolic prayers structured prayers and that's why i always thank god for good morning jesus let's give a lot of clap offering and for my wife and the people who are leading that thing because the prayer is structured you you you, you clean with the blood then you you draw life then you pray pauline prayer you know then you pray in the spirit it's structured one of the greatest um 
tragedies, spiritual tragedies of our time, is the church has departed from the apostolic pattern. Look at it. I said this many, some months ago, some years ago during the pandemic. You cannot follow Jesus directly. There is only one way you can follow Jesus. You have to follow Jesus by following Paul and following John and what they put down. Who are you? You didn't drop from heaven. I, yet not I, but the grace of God which is within me. I, Olubi, by the grace and mercy of God, I followed Kenneth Hagen. But Kenneth Hagen followed Paul. And Paul followed Jesus. That's the line. It's an apostolic line. Just as the apostle and the high priest of our faith. He gave that revelation to Paul. You see, when Jesus was here, he taught them a simple prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Worship. But it was everything in, uh, in encapsulated, you know, uh, um, summary. There was no way because they couldn't understand it at the time. He said, I have many things to tell you. So when Paul came, Paul fleshed it out. And Paul came and said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. I would to God that you all speak in tongues. He's giving us the details of what Jesus had said. How do you say thy kingdom come, thy will be done? By praying in tongues. That's how you enforce the kingdom. But how could Jesus start explaining that? that he, couldn't explain? he just said, okay, just pray. Say it like this for now in the understanding. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Deliver us from evil. Lead us not in temptation. You know, and all of that. You know, but all of that presupposes that you're going to have the Holy Spirit to pray in tongues to pray out all that detail. So this, it goes beyond Olubi Johnson. It goes beyond Kenneth Hagen. It goes beyond Kenneth Copeland. It goes beyond Paul. It goes beyond John. It goes right up to Jesus. It was the Lord Jesus that downloaded this revelation. To further confirm this, I'm going to draw from Kenneth Hagin's experience. Kenneth Hagin had been a preacher. He got, filled, he got healed supernaturally. Then he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's that word of wisdom, heal people. You know, he had, he had a nice ministry. You know, then around towards the end of World War II, this was been in the late 40s, 40s, you know, uh, 44, 45, somewhere in there. I don't remember exactly, but you have, you know, you got the timeline. The Holy Spirit led him to start praying. He, the, the polite prayer was there all those years. He didn't pray it. Led him to start praying, particularly the Pauline prayer. He said, the Holy Spirit just led him. He said, I cannot give me I cannot give me the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of you, etc., etc., etc. He said, You prayed in the morning, you prayed in the afternoon, you prayed in the night. You prayed in the morning, you prayed in the afternoon, you prayed in the night. He said, He did that for six months. He said, After six months, he received this is his testimony. He received more revelation than he had gotten in 14 years of preaching. Then he asked himself, What have I been preaching for 14 years? It was then his whole ministry. And, and emphasis changed. And he started teaching, you know, Paul's revelation. And, and deeper understanding of the new birth. Who we are in Christ. Our privileges in Christ. It all came by revelation. 
And he, you know, he used to be a Pentecostal. He was an ordinary Pentecostal assemblies of God. You know, his whole, his whole understanding became so much further enlightened that he now started operating on a higher level. And the rest of the church didn't understand him, so they gave him the left foot of fellowship. That's what happened. He used to be in the assemblies of God. You know? And then he, you know, he started his own evangelistic ministry. Then full gospel businessmen started through Demo Shakarian. Thank God for full gospel. Let's give Demo Shakarian a super clap offering. Great man. You know, they provided an avenue for Kenneth Hagin to minister. So he, they would invite him. So sometimes you have meetings with them six weeks. So he would go and teach seminar on faith, seminar on Holy Ghost, seminar on gifts of the Spirit, seminar on these deeper things that he could not teach inside the Assemblies of God Church. God knows what he's doing, folks. You know? So that's how Brother Hagen got it. And that, that was his testimony. He said, I, I, I said, he, said he, I, what have I been preaching? You know? In the last 14 years. And he was preaching nice things. People were being healed and delivered. And the same thing happened, you know, the, the, the Lord told him in 1959 when he appeared to him in El Paso, Texas in a hospital when he had, had, had a car accident and then his hand was in plaster of Paris. And, and Jesus told him, he said, you know, you should be thanking me that I allowed this to happen. He says, it's not my will. He said, but I allowed it to happen because you got out of my perfect will into my permissive will. He said, and if you had continued like that, he said, you would have died at the age of 55. He was 42 at that time. He's 13 years down the road. You would have died at the age of 55 and you would have never entered the first phase of your ministry. Because you put your teaching ministry, what people like to hear, healing, prosperity, above your prophetic ministry, what people don't like to hear, destiny, you know, the fullness of Christ, all these deeper things. And he, he corrected himself. So this goes, I said all of that to say this, it goes beyond Olubio. It goes beyond Kenneth Hagin. It goes beyond Paul. It goes right up to Jesus. That's why Paul said, the gospel I preach he said, I do not preach it after man. He said, neither was I taught it. But I got it by revelation. And those of us who by the grace and the mercy of God, us yet not us, but the grace of God which is with us, who have followed Paul. The word follow comes from the Greek word mimitis. It means to mimic. Those of us who have, like Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Hagin mimicked Paul by praying Ephesians chapter 1 for years. And he'd been doing it. And got revelation. And then he moved to a level that the rest of the church didn't even have understanding of what he was doing. Those of us who have mimicked Paul, who have imitated Paul, and done the same thing, the same thing has happened to us. New revelation, new, new, new vistas, new understanding. Uh, E.W. Kenyon writes in one of his books called New, New, New Land Ahead. The things that the church, you know, the, the majority of the church, the outer court church, who only sees things in the light of the natural light. The people in the holy place who are getting revelation and the most holy place who are getting hidden manna, they look strange to the people who are in the outer court. But God is going to have a perfect church. That's going to be made up of those who are in the holy and the most holy place. That are going to reproduce saints after their kind. 
then he will come for a glorious church that does not have spot, blemish, wrinkle, or any such thing. That is the purpose of this flood. It's going to exalt those who are in the ark and it's going to bring judgment and destruction to those who are not inside the ark. And like I explained, I'm going to say it again because of the love of God. It's not because those people are going to go to hell. It says, deliver him unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh as spirit might be saved in the day of Christ. It says, you know, uh, um, uh, they will suffer loss, you know, uh, but the spirit will be saved. You know, he himself shall be saved. But he was, well, who wants that? So you want to be in the ark. I've talked about those who form the ark. Now I'm going to talk about those who are inside the ark. And because of this thing in Ashbury, I see that this thing is very close. Because God himself, just like God had to help Noah. Noah, there's no way Noah could have got all those animals. It had to be the Holy Spirit that began to... Uh, this revival that's taking place in America now, you know, something like that happened in the 70s, but it died out. But it's now spreading. And it, you're not hearing about miracles or healing. Mm -mm. It's repentance. Fruit of the Spirit. Because that's what qualifies you for the ark. Now, give me the second illustration. Noah's ark in the tabernacle of Moses. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.